Do you wanna build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies, and now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Do you wanna build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Oh, wait, Anna. Okay, bye. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, January 5th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I'm Broadway AMA's Caitlin Milligan. Guys, I had to uh, scrape frost off my windshield of my car yesterday morning. <laughs> it's brutal. I, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to survive it being as cold as it is down here in Orlando. I heard did wasn't there actually snow in or uh, snow in Florida huh? in Tallahassee yeah yeah I heard, heard people <laughs> freaking out yeah, yeah. so uh, I, I as I mentioned before we started up I, I never even left my house today just, <laughs> it was uh, it's brutal here in fact uh, they 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 canceled school uh, on Friday. Uh, kids had no school on Thursday and no school on Friday again. You know, it's pretty bad out here. So it did get, I, as I, anytime they forecast one of these things as being huge, they give it a big name like bomb, cyclone. You always expect it to be like nothing because that's just the way these things work. But it, it actually lived up to the hype then, I take it. Yeah, I mean, people were saying uh, eight, 8 to 10 inches and we're at 18 inches now. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait! Really? Yeah. Eighteen inches? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I, as far as I know, I believe all Broadway shows that had Thursday scheduled shows did go on. Uh, so, come rain, come sleet, come snow, or rain—I don't know that thing. <laughs> um, apparently, it, it was still uh, still showtime on Broadway. So, either way, uh, I'm glad that you guys are both safe and warm. Um, hopefully. It gets warm enough across the entire eastern seaboard from Florida to Maine, and uh, temperatures continue to rise because this isn't fun for anybody. Were you uh, taking a shot at the United States Postal Service credo? Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night? That's what I was trying to get to, but... I, I wasn't taking a shot at it. I was just trying to, you know, make the comparison to the allusion to that. Yes. I mean, I, you, you can make fun of Lena Hall and Kelly O'Hara, but don't make fun <laughs> of the post office to me. Uh, and Franklin will haunt me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'd seen on social media that um, uh, Liz Calloway, was uh, going to see Hello Dolly tonight, and she was very nervous about getting in, but uh, Mass Transit served her well, so she did get to see Hello Dolly. I think that she said she had never seen Hello Dolly before in her life. That's what? Shocking how could Liz Calloway exactly. have, How could Liz Calloway have not been in Hello Dolly, <laughs> let alone seen it? I got, yeah. I got tickets to see it um, on January 20th when it's Bernadette Peters makes her. Oh, is that her first show? Her I and think Victor. So. 
because I'm I'm going for Charlie Stemp, who's making his Broadway debut. Oh yeah, you, you're a big <laughs> Charlie Stemp fan or Stump fan from uh, Half a Sixpence, right? Yes, and Whatever. I will be the first openly vocal one, so that when he becomes the famous Broadway star he is, he knows that I was the first. Right, fair mm-hmm. enough. All right, why don't we get on to some news, guys? All right, <laughs> first up in the news, Ars Nova to move into Greenwich House Theater. Yeah, this was the big news in New York theater. uh, And who would have thought that the big story would have to do with the 199 seat downtown venue. But yesterday it was announced that off-Broadway company Ars Nova had found a new home after a year-long search. But for many New York theater fans, it was a kind of a bittersweet announcement because Ars Nova will be taking over the Greenwich House Theater in early 2019. The aforementioned Greenwich House Theater is located at 27 Barrow Street. So that means that with Ars Nova moving in, the Barrow Street Theater Company will be moving out. The off-Broadway revival of Sweeney Todd, as well as uh, Bold Colors, Bright Patterns. Did I get that wrong? Bright Colors, Bold Patterns. Caitlin, you interviewed (laughs) Drew Drogi. That's where it is playing as well at Barrow Street. Um, So both of those shows uh, will obviously not be running in 2019 uh, as Ars Nova moves in. Ars Nova will continue to maintain its intimate theater on 54th Street, Street, which will be dedicated to, quote, the discovery and development of new talent. Obviously, this is... uh, this will be a huge long-term boon for Ars Nova, but a lot of people, including our friend Adam Feldman of Time Out in New York, uh, are a little sad to see the Barrow Street Theater go. He tweeted yesterday, quote, no one loves Ars Nova more than I do, but I'm sad that its move will mean the end of Barrow Street Theater, which has presented some of the last 15 years very best off-Broadway theater. Our Town, the famous uh, Cromer production, Tribes, Bug, Gone Missing, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns. I should have just looked in the script. I could have gotten the name right. TJ and Dave, the current production of Sweeney Todd. Barrow Street has been an essential off-Broadway house. So I'm very happy that Ars Nova has found a bigger home that will allow them to expand what they do and continue to create uh, fantastic shows uh, in an even better way moving forward. But I am disappointed uh, for the Barrow Street Theater Company, which has been at the Greenwich Theater or Greenwich House Theater since 2003. James, I'm sure you've seen um, more than a handful of shows in that venue over the decade. Yeah, uh, Barrow Street uh, Theater hierarchy was, uh, I guess, a bit stunned about this news. Um with no comment from them really right now as to what their future holds for the, for the Barrow Street Theater Company. Um, I guess, you know, we'll follow up with it, but Ars Nova, you know, as everybody else has said, uh, great for them to have another venue, you know, Ars Nova, the home of uh, developing artists such as Lin-Manuel Miranda. You ever heard of him? Yeah, Dave um, Malloy. Dave Malloy. Uh, Natasha Pierre, you know, involved in that whole Natasha Pierre uh, development in the very, very beginning and uh, later as a quote-unquote Broadway producer of Natasha Pierre. So, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, not, not if you saw the program early on. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, it's... Uh, it's such it's such a mixed emotion story that we have yeah. here. Absolutely. All right. Next up, uh, the show and casting news. What do we have? 
Well, as you will likely remember, the Susan Stroman-led Broadway-bound revival of the Gershwin Trunk show Crazy For You was supposed to play at the Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles beginning early next month, but it was abruptly pulled from the schedule in December. And now the show is currently undergoing a lab in New York with stars from last year's concert presentation, Laura Osnes, Tony Yazbek, Rachel Dratch, and Rachel Bloom. Well, last night, the New York Post's Michael Riedel reported that the show is currently eyeing potential Broadway houses for an opening this fall guys this whole process is a little weird for me if the show was always planning to come to broadway in the fall of 2018 which you would assume it would have been because it was going to play from february to march uh, in los angeles and this as soon as it could have gotten in was the fall the only reason that i can see to cancel the la run and to do a lab instead would be to save money. Maybe they felt that it was in such good shape they didn't need to do a full production. They felt really good about it. Or maybe they didn't have the money to do the Los Angeles production, which makes you wonder why the decision to not go through with um, the Amundsen run was made so late in the game. Um, Currently, the Center Theater Group, which manages the house, has not yet announced a replacement. So I'm not really sure what we can glean from this information that the show was canceled, presumably either because they didn't have money or they wanted to save money. And it was done so late, but now they're already doing a lab and looking forward to a Broadway production later this year. Like I said, this whole thing is a little confusing to me, but I'm on the record as being pro crazy for you, especially with this cast. But if I'm being honest, I just don't know if crazy for you, especially with this cast can be a commercial hit. What what do you guys think? Am I, am I off the mark here? Uh, no, I think Crazy Few, especially with that cast, I think that that would... It'll be great. That would be great. Um, I'd be interested to find out who is producing Crazy Few and... Huh? It's uh, Joey Parnes. Uh, And is uh, Center Theater Group at all involved? No, they are not. It is just it's being being produced uh, by Joey Parnes, uh, who also was going to be one of the co-producers for the Los Angeles run. Um, but as of now, he's the only one that's really, really attached to it moving forward. So it, it, it really seems to have so, left yeah. CTG in a bit of a lurch. Um, I wonder if it's uh, that they couldn't come to some sort of agreement about you know usually if you do it it's some sort of nonprofit it's in a, the producer the commercial enhancement producer money. enhancement money and then the and then the um uh, the nonprofit would actually become a percentage partner or things like that it it works different for every single show but it's generally you know the structure of these things and maybe they felt like you know there's there's no reason to do that yeah. uh, it might have prevented uh the what they call encumbered the production. So we we don't know. So we'll have to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting. But like I said, I I think this cast is dynamite. I just, this show specifically, while I love song and dance revivals, and I think that Broadway needs more of those, I I just don't know that this is going to help it survive in the current Broadway, you know, landscape. Um, It doesn't have a Bette Midler to lead it like Hello, Dolly. Um but I, I don't know, maybe if you threw Hugh Jackman in uh, instead of Tony Yazbek, I think it would do quite well. But as great as Tony Yazbek is, and it, for my money, a far superior talent to Hugh Jackman, um, I, I just I, I worry about whether or not this will find an audience. I will be that audience. I will see it because I love Crazy for You, but I, I'm, I'm, I'd be worried about its prospects on Broadway as is. All right. 
Uh, so next up, we have Tony Winners to lead At Home at the Zoo Off-Broadway. Yeah, yesterday morning Off-Broadway's Signature Theater. I was a little confused at first. I, I thought it was DC's Signature Theater at first. It was confusing. But anyway, uh, Off-Broadway Signature Theater announced that a pair of Tony winners and an Emmy nominee would bring Edward Albee's At Home at the Zoo, colon, Home Life and the Zoo Story, beginning later this month, directed by Drama Desk winner Lila Neugebauer. Two-time Tony winner Katie Finneran, Tony winner Robert Sean Leonard, and Emmy nominee Paul Sparks will lead the cast of the show, which is scheduled to begin performances at the Pershing Square Signature Center on January 30th. Albie, who passed away in 2016, and we've talked about that quite a bit on this show, had a long relationship with the Signature Theater. And the show is kind of interesting. It's broken down into two very different but loosely connected acts. In Act 1, Home Life, we meet Peter and his wife who live a comfortable but vaguely unhappy bourgeois existence. In the second act, the classic The Zoo Story, Peter is forever altered by an oddly persistent stranger in Central Park. With jolts of brutality and Albie's signature dark humor, this seminal play explores both the love and the cruelty that we inflict on each other every day. I think this is sounds like a, a, a great production with two fantastic stage stars i know paul sparks from tv as well so uh this one should be a fun one over a signature in other news of tony winner's leading works by legendary playwrights yesterday it was announced that tony winner steven spinella will be playing roy Cohn in berkeley rep's upcoming production of angels in america for all of you theater aficionados out there i'm sure i don't have to tell you that spinella won both of his tony awards for playing prior walter in the original broadway production of the show randy harrison who has most recently played the mc in the national tour of cabaret will play prior and caldwell titicue also known as Bob the Drag Queen, will play Belize. Performances begin in California on April 17th, and the run is scheduled to play through July 22nd. What's interesting about this is that the production will be directed by Berkeley Rep's artistic director, Tony Tacone, who's currently represented on Broadway as the director of Latin History for Morons. But he was influential in the development of the show, along with playwright Tony Kushner and Oscar Eustace. Uh, Tony Tacone's Eureka Theater Company, helped uh, uh, helped get that show going along with Oscar Eustace when he was at the Mark Taper Forum. So they were both intimately involved in the very early goings of this show. And Steven Spinella was also involved. So it's kind of a reunion uh, for playwright, director and star. And finally, in this section yesterday, the new group announced the complete cast and creative team for the off-Broadway premiere of Jerry Springer, the opera. Joining the previously announced Terrence Mann and Will Swinson will be Sean Patrick Doyle, Jill Pace, and more. We will have the complete cast list in the show notes at broadwayradio.com if you want to check that out. Previews begin for the show on January 23rd with an opening night currently scheduled for February 22nd. All right. Uh, so... We have some Andrew Lloyd Webber news. He, we, we do cover him. We don't. Uh, not well. We, he doesn't have his own Hamill section. There's no ALW section. But guys, I got to be honest with you. Both of these stories are a little confusing to me. Um, okay, so the first story is it came from our friend Baz Bomaboy from the London's Daily Mail, and he tweeted out that Andrew Lloyd Webber has apparently written a new song for a film adaptation. Wait for it. Of cats. We've previously discussed the fact that Les Mis film director Tom Hooper had been in talks to direct an adaptation for Universal Studios and working title. He is still currently developing the project, which has not yet been greenlit, but is in the early casting and pre production phases. The new song 
from Andrew Lloyd Webber would presumably be the one that he hopes will get him an Academy Award nomination or win. Rumor is that Hooper wants to cast Suki Waterhouse in the film. I don't know who Suki Waterhouse is. Caitlin, you are our resident um, young person. Uh, who Who is Suki Waterhouse? I, did she date Leonardo DiCaprio? Um, the name sounds really familiar, but I'm blanking on who that is. Hold on. Um, the White Princess. I, I, the, what does that mean? It's a television show in the UK. Ah, okay. Yeah, got nothing. Uh, yeah, Unf- yeah unfamiliar with. It. I, she was. I think her name is somewhat close to the main character on the TV show True Blood, which I never watched, but I've read one of the books. So, anyway, evidently uh, she, she dated... just saw Mean Girls. Oh, uh, really? She just saw Mean Girls, uh, and she wrote, "I'm dead. I'm deceased." <laughs> oh, well, she's British. Oh, she's British. Yeah. Of course, she's a deceased. She dated Bradley Cooper. I knew it was uh, really? someone of that A-list ilk. Yes, uh, she dated Bradley she's Cooper for really years. young. That's probably why I know who she is then. Yeah. But anyway, so Andrew Lloyd Webber apparently has written a new song for Cats. Uh, my Broadway World colleague, uh, Alan Henry, will be, I'm sure, deceased when he hears this news. Does he like Cats? Um, he is obsessed with cats. He saw it, I think, eight or nine times on Broadway. He has a uh, cat's what? shower curtain in his apartment. So, uh, Meanwhile, you could not pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so while that news is surprising and odd, I have to admit this other news is so confusing and so weird to me that maybe I'll be deceased. But anyway, apparently this year's uh, Grammy Awards are – Coming back to New York for the first time in 15 years, they will be taking place at Madison Square Garden. They'll be hosted by our friend, not really, but Broadway's friend, 20 winner James Corden. They'll take place on January 28th. And to celebrate the return to the Big Apple, they'll be doing a celebration of two of the biggest composers in Broadway history, the aforementioned Andrew Lloyd Webber and the centennial celebrating. <clears throat> let me make sure I get this right. Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein, Bernstein. Anyway, it's like the Bernstein Bears. Um, Okay, so that's normal. (laughs) That's completely understandable. Here's the thing. In celebration of these two composers, two-time Grammy winner Patti Lapone will be reprising her 1981 Grammy performance of Avita's Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. So you're telling me that Patti Lapone is going to perform on the Grammys to honor and tribute Andrew Lloyd Webber? Mm. I've read her memoir... I've heard her on Alana Levine's uh, Little Known Facts. This is a surprise to me. Um, I mean, granted, she's not singing with one look, but uh, this is still kind of interesting. Uh, The other performance will be Ben Platt, who will be singing a classic song from West Side Story. Has not been announced yet, but I would imagine it'd be something coming or something like that. Um, This, again, will be broadcast on CBS on Sunday, January 28th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I'm assuming Ben Platt will win a Grammy uh, as well that night. But guys, what cats is getting a movie and Patty Lapone's honoring Andrew Lloyd Webber. The world is upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have we had a uh, update on her hip replacement? Uh, apparently she had it the week after war paint closed back in December. So assumably she's able to at least, get herself on stage uh, for a performance. I, I can't imagine she's going to be doing a, a ton of choreography with that song anyway. So uh, I, I, it's, yeah, I'm she's assuming not still be Sardis, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the balcony scene is a stand and sing type of thing, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, 
Interesting. Okay, so next up, The Greatest Showman soundtrack to top Billboard 200. Yes, this is another one of those things that it's in a similar vein with the Grammys, but another one of those things where it just really defies all the odds because a billboard is reporting that the soundtrack for the movie musical, the greatest showman, which was released less than a month ago is on track to take the number one spot on next week's billboard 200 albums chart. Now that is not the soundtrack chart or the musical theater chart. That is the total albums chart. Industry forecasters are predicting that the album may earn more than 80, 80,000 equivalent album units, which we've discussed before. I don't know what that means in the week that ends yesterday, making it the first chart topping soundtrack since the list dated uh, back to almost a year ago when 50 Shades Darker took the top spot. So uh, congratulations to them. Um, the soundtrack uh, debuted at number 71 uh, at the in the just a week or so ago, and it's already up to 63 and it's expected to be number one when the next list is reported. Uh, Between this and the story we talked about yesterday, where it had the largest hold in box office history, um, again, for theater, for a movie that debuted in more than 3000 theaters, it really seems like The Greatest Showman started off looking to be kind of a bomb and is going to end up being a, a runaway hit both on the big screen and in the downloads and CD area as well. Wow. Uh, that's uh, just, uh, I guess, the Pasek and Paul thing. It, it's just not a passing phase, <laughs> is it now? <laughs> no. no, I think they're here to stay. And, and again, going to win a Grammy as well, if not two. Wow, that's cool. All right, uh, Caitlin, what is happening this week off the stage? Well, yeah, so if uh, you're brave enough to bear the cold this weekend and and early next week, there are a few things still happening amidst our uh, blizzard-like temperatures outside. I don't want to say that. I just hate that name. I think it's so (laughs) dumb. What? Oh, the Grayson. Bomb Um, Cyclone? Oh, the Bomb Cyclone. Yeah, I I heard a little uh, information thing about why that's called a Bomb Cyclone. It's called a Cyclone because of the the weather pattern that it's in. It's called the Bomb because the the temperature drops so quickly that it's considered a bomb uh, in meteorological terms. I'm talking about post office meteorology. I've officially gone over to the other side haven't i i thought i i I had i thought it had something to do with a a it being called a bomba genesis Uh, i don't know what that is but that's why i thought they got the the bomb anyway let's get back to what's happening off stage because we are not equipped to be a meteorological podcast maybe if we got whiz kid harry anton on here we'd Uh. be able to do that all right so uh Saturday, January 6th, is 54 Sings Broadway's Greatest Hits. This 9.30 p.m. show will feature classic Broadway scores sung by young performers, including Farrah Alvin, Brian Charles Rooney, and more. And then Matthew Morrison will also be hitting the stage of 54 Below from January 6th through the 13th in a recap of his highlights from his stage career. Featuring songs from South Pacific, The Light in the Piazza, and more, Morrison will also be joined by guests like Kelly O'Hara, Victoria Clark, and even a surprise guest from Finding Neverland. Though I hope it's the dog. <laughs> I don't know. I did see I did see Jessica Vosk post uh, a picture with uh, Matthew Morrison t- saying that people needed to buy tickets. So maybe it might be uh, Miss Vosk herself. 
After 10 years since its Broadway run, the Drowsy Chaperone is back to celebrate. Join Tony Award winners Beth Lievel and Bob Martin, who will join other members of the original 2006 cast of The Drowsy Chaperone and the National Alliance for Musical Theater for a one-night-only reunion concert on Monday, January 8th at 54 Below. On Tuesday, January 10th, is 54 Sings Jason Mraz. Honoring one of Broadway's newest performers, this concert features Broadway stars singing his famous songs, including I'm Yours and A Beautiful Mess. Get all the feels at 9.30 p.m. at 54 Below. (laughs) I've got to say, I'm familiar with some Jason Mraz. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to me to be the best singer-songwriter to translate to an exciting Broadway belty style concert. Like he's, he's kind of chill. There's not a whole lot of big, uh, big runs, or a lot of big belted notes. Like I, I, I'm interested to see or hear what some Broadway performers do with that style of music, like him and Jack Johnson, you know, Ben Harper. They're not people that you would think would translate to, uh, you know, melting faces with belting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd be very curious to see that as well. I mean, maybe there's a spin on them. We don't even know about. Could be. (laughs) (laughs) On Thursday, January 11th, you can join the drag members of the New York City's Gay Men's Chorus as they sing Broadway show tunes about performing, auditioning, and living as gay men in New York City. Hosted by Sasha Davenport and Ilya J. Garlands, this annual benefit cabaret raises money for the NYC Gay Men's Chorus and will take place also at 54 Below at 9.30 p.m. And then finally, a little west of Broadway is the Lexington Theater Company's fourth annual Concert with the Stars, which pairs today's Broadway stars and tomorrow's Broadway hopefuls, mostly chosen from college theater programs. Featuring Tyler Haynes, Mm. Jill, yeah, I know, Jill Pace, Gabrielle Ruiz, and Colton Ryan, this cabaret-style concert will be held at 8 p.m. on January 6th at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. So if any Kentucky listeners are out there, you guys should go check it out because you might see the biggest star on Broadway just starting out. Yeah, I, uh, uh, Gabrielle Ruiz, who's one of the stars of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, who I've known since that show started. She's fantastic. She's been posting about this and how excited she is. So if you're in the, uh, the bluegrass state, uh, head on <laughs> over and, and check that out. That should be a lot of fun. Definitely. But that's all for me and what's going on off the stage. I just hope everyone stays warm and can get through that 18 inches of snow to get to these shows. 18 inches. Are you sure that's not centimeters, James? <laughs> a no, foot and a half? It's uh, up to my knee. You know, I, you know, and I'm out in Long Island on the, uh, on the South Shore, so we tend to get a lot more snow than other places, other places get. Fair. Uh, yeah, I see pictures of New York City that have uh, uh, subway stations that have a couple of inches, six inches of snow inside in the subway. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I'm that's assuming, not how that's supposed you know, to work. Yeah, I've seen a handful of uh, photographs of uh, people posting around in and around New York City, and it's not quite as bad as where I am right now. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll be digging out, and uh, I think Tuesday or Wednesday is supposed to be 40-some-odd degrees, so hopefully I can uh, avoid shoveling until then when it melts. <laughs> Smart move. Plan. Smart move. Yeah. <laughs> Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? 
All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. And subscribe to Something Up Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Caitlin, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Milligan, and that is K A I T. And my name is James Marina from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. It's Friday. So uh, if you haven't already started to take your weekend, uh, enjoy it. And we'll be talking with you on Sunday for This Week on Broadway. I think that Jan Simpson's got a stagecraft ready for us on Saturday. Uh, And on Monday, Matt and I will be back to jump in your ears. That's weird. <laughs> jumping in their ears. You're jumping in their ears. Huh? You trademark that weed. Jumping. Yeah, you, see if someone's got that domain. <laughs> yeah. <now. hold> <laughs>